0: This is Listen Albany, the capital city's cultural heritage podcast. Welcome to Hiking Capitol Hill, a guided walking tour of Albany, New York's historic civic core. Albany is one of the oldest surviving European settlements in North America. Since the adoption of the Dongan Charter in 1686, it remains the longest continuously chartered city in the United States. This episode offers a peek at the capital city's long, rich history as the center of government for the city and county of Albany and the Empire State. This tour will take you in a loop beginning at the famed New York State Capitol and circle around the hill to end at the front of the iconic building. As you proceed, you'll hear about and see various architectural and historical attractions. These sites date as far back as 1815 to as recent as 1978 including a range of homes, academic, religious, and civic buildings. When you hear the bell, you'll know to begin walking. Feel free to pause this podcast as you reach each stop or explore any one of the buildings open to the public at your own pace. Have fun! We begin the tour at the northeast corner of the intersection of Washington Avenue and Hawk Street at the entrance of Lafayette Park. Look across Washington Avenue at the New York State Capitol. The building took over 30 years to construct and is a collage of the work of four architects. Thomas Fuller, the initial architect, was tasked with constructing the building in four years at a cost of $4 million. After 10 years and $10 million, only the first two stories had been constructed in the Italian Renaissance style. Fuller was then dismissed by Lieutenant Governor William Dorsheimer in favor of the famed architect Henry Hobson Richardson and Leopold Eidlitz. In 1877, a state law was passed that declared the structure be finished in the Italian Renaissance style. The new architect, Richardson, completely disregarded this charge and designed the third and fourth floors of the Capitol in the Romanesque style, for which he is best known. After Richardson's death in 1886, The final phase of the construction was completed by architect Isaac Perry of Binghamton. The Great Western Staircase was sculpted by a host of craftsmen led by artist Lewis Hinton and completed in 1897. Hinton and his men weren't the only carvers to make their mark on the Capitol, however. 600 stone carvers worked on the building and were given a fair amount of creative freedom. The faces of the carvers' families and friends are hidden all throughout the Capitol building, both inside and out. If you find yourself with extra time, you can explore the exterior to see how many faces you can find on your own. Guided tours of the New York State Capitol are offered regularly during business hours. Next stop, City Hall. Turn left and walk down the hill along Washington Avenue. To your left, you will see a plaque marking Lafayette Park. Like many other places in the city, it was once comprised of residential and commercial buildings. In 1928, the city of Albany discontinued the two public roads that once ran through the area, Park Place and Lafayette Street. Three years later, New York State bought the block of land from the city, and in 1933, the park was completed. It would be named for the famous French general, Marquis de Lafayette. Quite fitting, since it shares its name with the street that once ran through it. Continue down Washington Avenue as you walk down the street, look through the trees in front of the Capitol in East Capitol Park. The statue of a man astride his stallion peeking through is General Philip H. Sheridan, a Civil War Union general who is best known for the burning of barns, mills, railroads, and factories throughout the Shenandoah Valley. Sheridan was born in Albany to Irish immigrants John and Mary Mina Sheridan on Canal Street. After the war, Sheridan was sent to the Great Plains to pacify the Native Americans, where he used the same brutal techniques he had employed against the Confederates. The statue was dedicated in 1916 and is the work of sculptor John Quincy Adams Ward, who died before its completion. Daniel Chester French and Henry Bacon finished the project. They also designed the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, DC, which was currently under construction. To your left on the edge of the sidewalk, you will see a worn property marker. This is the Bryan Stone, which predates Lafayette Park by over 100 years. The area that we'll be walking around today was designated the Public Square. When the grid of streets was originally laid out, they were named King, Queen, Duke, and Prince, along with French and Indian War Generals. In 1790, all streets were given new names to rid Albany of traces of royalty. East to West streets were named for mammals, and North to South Streets were named for birds. Many of those names survive to this day. The Bryanstone Stone marked the western boundary of the square. Stop in front of the large brownstone building with a tall clock tower at the intersection of Eagle Street and Washington Avenue. Albany has had many city halls beginning in the 17th century with the Stad Highs at Hudson and Broadway at the foot of the State Street Hill. In 1741, a new Stadthuis was constructed at the same location. It was there that Benjamin Franklin presented the Albany Plan of Union, the precursor to the United States Constitution. By the beginning of the 19th century, the center of government in Albany began to shift from the riverfront and early settlement up the hill as Albany became the capital of New York State. The new state capital was constructed in 1809, where East Capitol Park to your right is today. In 1829, Albany's earliest known architect, Philip Hooker, designed a domed Greek Revival City Hall on Eagle Street at the site of the current City Hall. The white marble edifice caught fire on a cold day in February of 1880, and the building was completely destroyed. The two cornerstones from the marble City Hall are embedded within the basement wall of the current City Hall. After the fire, the Capitol architect Henry Hobson Richardson was quickly hired to design Albany's new City Hall. The brownstone Romanesque building before you is Albany's City Hall. It was completed in 1883. The interior was completely redone in 1917 by Albany architects Ogden and Gander to update Richardson's surprisingly modest interior designs. City Hall's tower houses the 49 bell Carillon that was installed in 1927 as a tribute to the fallen soldiers of World War I. It is still played for all to hear. Check inside for the current schedule to hear Carillon concerts. The statue in front of City Hall depicts Major General Philip Schuyler. Fans of the musical Hamilton will recognize him as the father-in-law to Founding Father Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton married Elizabeth Schuyler in 1780 at the Schuyler Mansion in Albany. The Schuyler Mansion is now a state historic site and is open for tours. Next stop, the New York State Court of Appeals. Turn left and walk in front of Academy Park along Eagle Street. Stop in front of the large white marble courthouse. Academy Park to your left was laid out in 1833 by Philip Hooker and has hosted community events for nearly two centuries. In the winter of 1864, the Army Relief Bazaar had a temporary building built in the park and raised nearly $82,000 for medical supplies for the Civil War effort. The New York State Court of Appeals was designed by Albany architect Henry Rector in the Greek Revival style to complement the Greek Revival City Hall next door. The land was purchased in 1834 and construction was completed in 1842. The stone for the courthouse was quarried by the inmates at New York Sing Sing Prison. As the story goes, a convict named Andre Dubry labeled the quarried stone in such a way that only he knew how the stone would fit together, necessitating his personal supervision of the construction. Dubree, who was serving a life sentence for a murder charge, was moved to a hotel on Eagle Street with round-the-clock guards so he could be on-site through much of the construction to solve the puzzle of the markings that he himself had created. His work on the courthouse earned him a pardon from Governor Marcy. The building has undergone many renovations, including the installation of a carved oak courtroom designed by, you guessed it, Henry Hobson Richardson in 1881. It was brought from the Capitol in 1916 and said to be the finest 19th-century governmental chamber to survive in the United States. Next stop, the Albany County Courthouse. Continue walking towards the corner of Eagle and Elk Streets. Stop at the corner and look to your right across Eagle Street. The neoclassical limestone Albany County Courthouse is home to the Supreme Court the Surrogates Court, as well as the Albany County Sheriff's Office and many related Albany County offices. It is the first building in the history of Albany County to be devoted exclusively to county government, which had shared space in city and state government buildings prior to the construction of this building in 1916. The building was designed by noted New York City architects Hoppen and Cohen. Its classical ionic columns were designed to harmonize with the Court of Appeals building next door. The courthouse sits on the site of a colonial hospital, the City Reservoir, and the First Albany High School. The courthouse has many prominent architectural features both inside and out, including the decorative copper cresting standing atop the building, and a central atrium-like space illuminated by a vaulted stained glass ceiling. Next stop, Quality Row. Turn left and look across Elk Street. This row of early 19th-century row houses was quite in vogue when constructed, housing many of Albany's elite, earning it the name Quality Row. Some of the high-profile residents include Stephen Van Rensselaer at number 3, President Martin Van Buren while he practiced law on State Street at number 4, and FDR also at number 4 during his tenure as a senator. Elk Street also housed many governors and lieutenant governors as well. Governors Marcy, Seymour, and Hunt lived at 2 Elk Street, and Lieutenant Governor Woodruff lived at number 5. Their homes, however, are long gone with only the front walls remaining. The first four-row houses you see are actually only the facades. Behind them is a modern Brutalist building that is visible from Eagle Street. One Elk Street collapsed, which is why there is a vacant lot on the corner. Note the federal-style details in the window lintels and entry ornamentation as you walk up the street. Next stop, the Old Albany Academy. Walk up Elk Street and stop at the large red sandstone building at the end of Academy Park. The remaining buildings on Elk are full buildings. Numbers 6 and 7 were built as a pair, but little resemble each other now. Can you guess how each changed? Number 6 had a fourth story added, while number 7 received a new brick facade, a balustrade, and a shallow covered balcony projecting from the first floor windows. The balcony and roof structure have been removed, but the curved ghost of the roof remains. The sandstone building to your left was constructed for Albany Academy between 1815 and 1817, and was designed by Albany architect Philip Hooker. Albany Academy remains one of the city's elite private schools today. However, it has since moved to the western part of Albany in a building designed to recall the structure before you. It was designed by prominent Albany architect Marcus T. Reynolds, a fan of Philip Hooker and a graduate of Albany Academy. The school has had many well-known alumni in American history who studied here, including Herman Melville, the author of Moby Dick, Theodore Roosevelt Jr., a governor of Puerto Rico and the son of the famous president, and Joseph Henry, the pioneer of electromagnetism and a founding father of the electrical industry. The classical revival building is said to be modeled after Macomb City Hall in New York City, a French design. On the interior, the building is filled with bold carvings and the original chapel space remains intact. The building is now occupied by the administrative offices of the Albany City School District. Next stop, the New York State Education Building. Continue walking up Elk Street and look to your right. Remember, you can pause this podcast if you need more time to reach the next stop. The Gothic Row Houses on your right at 17 and 21 Elk Street were constructed by Mason David Orr, who worked on the Alexander Jackson Davis-designed Kenwood Estate in South Albany. Shortly after Kenwood was completed, Buildings with strikingly similar details sprang up on Madison Place and Elk Street. The owner of Kenwood, stove maker Joel Rathbone, sent a letter to Davis expressing his dismay at the Kenwood look-alikes. Four doors up is 29 Elk Street. It was bought by Governor Marcy in 1838 for $19,000. It was purchased under the thought that the home would be the first state-owned executive mansion. Before that, there was no permanent residence for the Governors. Despite Marcy's intentions, no Governor resided in 29 Elk Street. In 1877, Governor Tilden purchased 138 Eagle Street, and this has been the home of the Governors ever since. The current Executive Mansion is half a mile south on Eagle Street and is open for limited tours. Check the New York State Capitol Tours website for more details. Continue walking to the corner of Elk and Hawk Streets, cross at the intersection, and turn left. You'll be walking towards the Capitol building. Stop when you reach the corner of Hawk and Washington. Approaching on your right will be the New York State Education Building, which opened in 1912. It was scheduled to open in 1911, but issues with the foundation caused construction to be delayed a year. Had construction remained on schedule, it is likely New York State could have avoided one of the greatest historical tragedies. The Capitol building was once home to the New York State Library, which was a treasure trove of books, manuscripts, and priceless Native American artifacts. At its peak, there were 800,000 pieces in the collection. The library had long outgrown its home at the Capitol, and there were plans to move to the new Education Building. But on March 29, 1911, a fire started in the Assembly Library and quickly spread through the Great Western Staircase. The fire was rumored to have been caused by faulty wiring or an unattended cigar. The fire caused extensive damage to the building and resulted in the loss of hundreds of thousands of historical documents and artifacts. Watchman Samuel Abbott was the only casualty. Late at night, employees still report the eerie sound of the watchman's keys echoing in the halls with no living person in sight. They say it is the spirit of Sam Abbott faithfully completing his evening patrol. Turn right and walk up Washington Avenue. Stop at the wide marble steps at the middle of the block. This neoclassical building on your right with its iconic row of Corinthian columns, the largest colonnade in the United States, in fact is the New York State Education Building. When the building opened in 1912, it housed the New York State Education offices as well as the New York State Museum and Library. Architect Henry Hornbostel's majestic building isn't just a striking façade, but a network of sweeping spaces that lead to heavily stylized rooms. Take note of the lamps at either side of the steps. Crowded close around the lamps are sculptures of children. One lamp features children at work, studying diligently together. The other depicts children at play, huddled around their toys. At the top of the steps above the door is the image of a teacher reading to her students. Though the museum and library relocated to its current home on Madison Avenue in 1976, the building is still accessible to the public and tours are offered through the Office of General Services. Continue up Washington Avenue to the corner of South Swan Street. At the corner, peer to your right. Hidden behind the education building is the Cathedral of All Saints, seat of the Episcopal Diocese of Albany. It is rumored that the cathedral is hidden behind the State Education Building because of a feud between the bishop and the Commissioner of Education, causing the commissioner to build his newer building, essentially blocking the cathedral's view of Capitol Hill while the bishop was on vacation. If you want to explore the cathedral in closer detail, pause this podcast. When you are finished, please resume from this spot. Next stop, the Alfred E. Smith Building. Turn left and cross Washington Avenue. Walk toward the towering Art Deco building on your right. Be mindful of traffic. You may need to pause the podcast before safely crossing the street. Walk until you are standing directly across the street from the building. Across the street is one of Albany's best Art Deco buildings, the Alfred E. Smith State Office Building. It was designed by New York City architect Sullivan Jones and completed in 1930. Jones originally came to Albany to work on the State Education Building in the 19-teens, and later filled the position of the New York State architect. One of the most notable features on the outside is the band of names at the top of the ground floor. The frieze lists the names of all 62 counties within New York State. Can you name them all? Also, note the lines in the pressed metal panels between the windows at the corners. Once inside, The entry is a two-story space with a vaulted ceiling decorated with many murals of prominent New Yorkers. Some of the interior's most prominent Art Deco features are the bronze elevator doors, grills, and light fixtures. It was the tallest building in Albany until the construction of Corning Tower at the Empire State Plaza. As such, it has an observation deck in the central tower that looks out over the entire city. The deck has been closed to the public, however, since the observation deck in Corning Tower opened. Corning Tower's observation deck, though, gives only a limited view as visitors cannot look west back at the city. On a cold February morning in 1927, just one day after Albany's first skyscraper, the Home Savings Bank building was completed, Governor Al Smith, using a steam shovel, broke ground on the future state office building. In 1946, it would be renamed for Alfred E. Smith, who died two years earlier at the age of 70. Next stop, State and South Swan Streets. Walk toward the corner of State and South Swan and stop. Look to your right, up State Street. Take note of the tall brick building across from the Alfred E. Smith Building with the white trim. This building is the Fort Frederick Apartments. It opened in 1916, and by 1920, it housed nine families and businesses on the first floor. Believe it or not, it used to stand where the Smith Building stands today. In order to make way for it, Fort Frederick was raised two feet and dragged by horses along railroad tracks seven feet per day until it finally came to rest at its new address of 248 State Street. Next stop, the Empire State Plaza. Turn left and walk down State Street toward the Capitol. Stop when you reach the Capitol building. Look to your left and take in the view of the State Education Building. Directly opposite is the Legislative Office Building, where most of the New York State legislators maintain their Albany offices. Notice how the Legislative Office Building mirrors the length and structure of the Education Building, but maintains its own modern sensibilities. When the Capitol was completed in 1899, it was surrounded by buildings on all sides except the east, where the grand staircase faces down State Street Hill. Beginning with the construction of the State Education Building between 1908 and 1912, the character of the Capitol's setting began to change. After the Capitol Fire of 1911, a plan was put forth to clear the area east of the Education Building, and west and south of the Capitol were new state office buildings would be constructed. That plan was never implemented in its entirety, but evolved over the next 50 years. West Capitol Park, where we are at the moment, was filled with hotels and commercial buildings along Washington Avenue, livery stables and small residences along Congress Street, where the fountain and walkway at the center of the park are located, and residences along State Street. They were cleared in about 1926 in preparation for construction of the Alfred E. Smith State Office Building. It was not until the 1960s construction of the South Mall, now the Empire State Plaza, that the plan for the south side of the Capitol was implemented. You'll hear more about that at our next stop when the Empire State Plaza will be discussed. Stop in front of the entrance to the Capitol and look across the street. You are now entering the best view of the Empire State Plaza, or the South Mall as it was originally called. The plaza was the brainchild of Governor Nelson Rockefeller, who wanted to create a monumental government center that would be his lasting legacy on the city of Albany. He hired architect Wallace Harrison, with whom he had worked on many projects before, including Rockefeller Center and Radio City Music Hall, to design a monumental complex of gleaming white marble, vast spaces, clean lines, and nothing like anything Albany had ever seen before. The result is the highly controversial taking of 98 acres, 40 city blocks, 1,500 homes, neighborhood businesses, churches, and the eviction of thousands of families from Albany's working class. It remains the largest urban renewal project in the country. It is beloved by modern architecture aficionados, but draws conflicted emotions from those who remember the neighborhoods that once stood here. Regardless of what side you are on, the plaza evokes strong feelings. Looming over the Empire State Plaza is the tallest structure in Albany, the Corning Tower. It was named for Mayor Erastus Corning, who served as Albany's mayor for 42 years. Coincidentally, the 42nd floor of Corning Tower is the public observation deck. On a clear day, visitors can see as far as the Berkshire Mountains. Just opposite the Corning Tower are four identical 20-story buildings. The Corning Tower and the agency buildings all house state offices. You no doubt have noticed the round building in front of the Corning Tower. This is a performing arts center known affectionately as the Egg. In 1978, it was the final building to be completed in the Empire State Plaza. On the left is the Robert Abrams Building for Law and Justice. At the far end, opposite the Capitol, is the Cultural Education Center, where the New York State Museum, Library, and Archives are located. Amazingly, There is a quarter-mile-long concourse connecting all of the plaza buildings and the Capitol with a honeycomb network of offices, a cafeteria, event spaces, all sitting atop a massive parking garage. Tours of the plaza are available from the concourse by the Office of General Services. If it has piqued your interest, there are many documentaries and books written about its architecture and development. Continue down State Street and follow the path to your left until you are in front of the Capitol building. Behind you will be the 77 steps of the Capitol approach and before you will be the statue of General Sheridan. You'll see we've made a complete circle around the Capitol. Here we end our tour and encourage you to enjoy the offerings of the plaza, be it the flavorful summer farmer's market bounty or an ice skating excursion and cup of cocoa. We encourage you to enjoy downtown Albany's culinary offerings as well as explore the city's unique cultural heritage sites, including many diverse and wonderful museums as well as historic homes. This podcast was created for Historic Albany Foundation with the support from the Albany County Convention and Visitors Bureau and the city's cultural heritage and tourism partnership. Additional support was provided by city historian Tony Olpaca Maeve McEnany-Johnson of the Albany County Convention and Visitors Bureau, and me, Matt Millet of the Albany Archives. Stay tuned for more installments of Listen Albany, the capital city's cultural heritage podcast. Historic Albany Foundation is a private, not-for-profit organization that preserves and protects buildings that have architectural, historic, or civic value by providing technical assistance, education, and advocacy. More information about Historic Albany and their current schedule of programs can be found at www.historic-albany.org. Thank you for listening.